Welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast, sharing a rundown of tips and strategies to live healthier and happier in a fun way. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Hello, and welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. Today, I'm doing something a little different because I have a lot of topics to cover, and I just kind of want to go down the list and not do the formalities of the warm-up and the awards and la-di-da, because you know, that's so formal, right? Not really, but I just kind of want to share all of these things and give you some updates. And in case you have limited time, or you are very discerning with how you spend your podcast listening minutes, I will put info in the show notes. I'll put the timestamps so you can jump around to the topics that I'm going to talk about if you just want to hear specifics. First, an update on the visors. I'm going to give you an update on Diego and something gross. So there's a heads up about that. It's not that gross. Next, oh, a podcast that I was listening to this morning that kind of inspired me to ask for a favor, but it's not really a favor. What happened with my ex-boyfriend that a ton of people had been asking about, hello, that was the longest time ago now, and social media and self-care and kind of how and why to unfollow someone on social media that I feel like it is important to just remind yourself and kind of give yourself permission to do. So we're going to get into all of that. But in case you're new here, maybe I should introduce myself. My name is Monica and I created runningrepeat.com to document training for my first marathon and my weight loss journey. I really struggled with my weight my entire life since I was a kid and did not see myself like an athlete on any level. And I found running in a very organic kind of way. And it changed my entire life. And I really dig it. And now I'm a running coach and I'm a holistic health coach. And the site grew into something that I could have never imagined. So I am super glad that you are here. I also now have this podcast. Hello. And I will put info in the show notes for everything that I'm talking about. That's at runeatrepeat.com. And you can also follow along at runeatrepeat on Instagram. I just posted about this on my Instagram stories this morning with kind of a question and a call out. And I want to ask you here as well about the new runny repeat visors. So I always wear a visor when I run. I have to. It's my thing. I don't know. It just is. And I was super in love with the visors from Pro Compression and... I'm not even sure, to be completely honest, if they sold them or if this was just like kind of promotional materials or what, because they had sent me several in the past and I just wear them all the time. And I realized, what am I doing? Why don't I have runny repeat visors? I have runny repeat shirts and different swag. Hello, get it together. So I put in an order for the same visor in the style of the pro compression visor. I really like it because, and I guess this is important to note. I'm not just wearing this pro compression visor just because I really love this style. It is a wider brim kind of style. It looks a little inspired by a golf kind of style ish. But I really love it because the brim is the slightest bit wider and the headband part has like a sweatband attached to it. 
I don't like the ones that supposedly it's supposed to keep you from kind of sweating into your eye. So it has like almost like a plastic border or something that keeps the sweat. I don't like that. Not my jam. I feel like it leaves a line in your forehead after and it's just like too tight for my massive head. It just, it's not going to work. Love this visor. So I was able to work with the company that makes the pro compression visors to make runny repeat visors. They came in last week and they aren't exactly the same. So the brim is the same size, but the headband part is a little bit higher than my old visors that I know and love. And I was kind of torn about this because I'm not sure, like, I would rather have the wider brim. I think that's more of a priority to me, but I wasn't sure if everyone would dig this kind of higher style on the kind of headband hat visor section of it. And uh, apparently, like, I don't think I'm doing the most amazing job of describing this. So if you need a visual aid, Instagram stories, I post it in there and I'll put it on runnyrepeat.com too, that you can see pictures of this. So I contacted the my rep that I'm working with and she actually said she thinks that these visors are super popular and they'll super work. It's like, no, this is good. And maybe it's just a little different for me and wanted me to reach out to you. Yes, you personally and see what your thoughts were on it. Um, at first, I think I was just because I had used the old style visor so much. I think when I first got them and I posted right away, I was just like, oh, like, I don't know if this is going to work because it was different. And I have been wearing this all week, wearing the new visor with the slightly like higher hat part of it. And yeah, it's good. So I'm fine with it now, but I feel like my first reaction was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work. And I wasn't like super dramatic, like this is a disaster because I'm like, it's a visor and it's a little bit higher and side by side. They don't look that different, but I feel like on it looks different. And that's partially in part to the fact that my old visors are so worn that the old visor kind of like slouches anyway. It's like like that. If it made a sound, that's the sound it would make. You're welcome. What I am trying to get at is asking you, are you interested in getting a runny repeat visor? And if so, is this style good for you? So check out the show notes and let me know what your thoughts are on this. And I will put a poll up on Instagram too, if I should get another style or we can go with this. Now that I'm wearing it more, it's really growing on me and I really like the colors. It's royal blue. There's a charcoal gray, a kind of hot pink situation and black. My old visor, like the pro compression visors came in black and charcoal gray. And I was happy with that because, you know, my motto is good enough, but Now that I can get some fun colors, I'm super excited about it. The thing is that all of these visors come in sets of 12. So there's a 12 order minimum for each color, or I would get one of every color. I would get 50 colors and I would wear a different one every day of the month and twice on Sundays. And yeah, so I'm excited to kind of switch up the colors too. But 
Let me know your thoughts on it. Now some updates on Diego. And in case you don't know, Diego is my golden retriever puppy. He is gorgeous. He is super awesome. He is about seven months. And he also likes to bring snails into the house. Fantastic. Not really. It has happened more than once where we will go out to go to the restroom early in the morning. And sometimes it's been dark. So I haven't seen or maybe I'm just in La La Land. Who knows? But we'll get back in. I'll take his little leash off, whatever. And then I start working and I get on my phone, whatever it is. And I turn around and he's kind of laying there messing with the snail, which is gross. And I tell him, this makes me very upset. I would prefer if you did not bring snails into the house. And we don't do that here. But his English isn't the greatest right now. So I don't think he's really getting that message. There was another time when I don't know if he just like kept it in in his little puppy cheek or what, but there was one time where I was working away, that's me typing, and he has uh, went somewhere to go sleep, like after playing for a while, after we got back in from a walk, turned around and there's a snail just like sliding across the floor. Like, so I think Diego had played with him for a little bit. I hadn't even really realized. And then he got bored let the snail go and went to sleep. And the snail's like, well, what the heck? I got to get back home. I have stuff to do. I have errands to run. That also made me very upset. Anyways, so this morning. (laughs) So in general, I feel like I am uh, not a fan of snails. And I feel like they also are everywhere. And it's disgusting. And I've accidentally stepped on them multiple times because sometimes they're just crawling across the grass and I am on the grass because I'm walking my dog and he needs to sniff around sometimes and figure out where exactly Destiny would like him to go to the restroom that day. And if a snail's on the grass, I don't necessarily see and I step on it. And I mean, I understand it's not pleasant for the snail at all, like as if I'm the victim in this situation, but it is just really, really unpleasant for me to feel the snail. I, you know what I'm trying to say. Anyways, I'm already not, I'm already frustrated with this snail situation around here lately. It's turning into like a plague and I'm concerned. What's in, is there something else? It's not just a plague, but you know, when there's like, is there another word for this? Instead of plague, like, I don't, epidemic. I think that's what I'm looking for. I don't know if that's appropriate either. Anyways. So (laughs) this morning I go to take Diego out go up the patio and there's a snail on the gate. Like, so it's on the fence, but it's on specifically like right by the gate where I open the gate to go. It's just like right above on the wood above the latch area. And when I get back, so I'm going to take it for a walk. And I know when I get back, I just kind of put my hand over the gate and I open it and I can't see perfectly. And so I realize I am probably going to, touch this snail a lot 
if I don't knock him off the gate. Because when I get back, it's perfectly going to be where I put my hand over to open the gate again. And I can't see. So I decide to open the gate. And so it's like if this isn't that's that's what happened that I ended up like grabbing the snail. No, it's worse. So I open the gate. I let it swing open and I get a stick that's on the ground, a stick that Diego has been chomping up for a couple of days, actually. It's a very resilient stick because normally nothing survives. But I get the stick, which, I mean, that has vavas all over it. And then I'm having to deal with the snail. For those that don't know, vavas is like Spanish slang for saliva, vavas. Anyways, so I get the stick and I go to, I want to kind of swipe the snail off the fence so that it goes away and I don't grab it and la di da. I somehow manage to the snail basically, instead of flinging off to the grass to go live his snail life, it hits down like onto the latch. So it goes directly down, splatters on the latch. And snail guts go everywhere, including onto Diego. Disgusting. And I am not happy with this. This is my fault. So I have no one to blame but myself. Isn't that the worst when you're just like, you can only be mad at yourself for being an asshole, making bad choices? Yeah. So... I am not happy with myself. There's snail guts on Diego. And to make it more fun, Diego got fixed last week. And I don't think he can get a bath until his stitches are out, which I still have a full week to wait for that. I'm going to verify. I plan on calling the vet today. But yeah, so snail guts everywhere basically. And and I just feel like I needed to share that for two reasons. One, because it happened very early this morning and I haven't really had any other human contact yet. So I feel like once you say something, like once I process something that has happened, I feel better about it. Like I am like, oh, okay, this is cool. So I need I needed you to be a friend and just let me say that. Just like air it out. I actually feel better. I hope that you do too, because you were able to be there for a friend, A. B, I also wanted to mention that speaking of Diego getting fixed, now that I remember, instead of the cone of shame, right, that big plastic cone that animals have to wear when they have some sort of like injury or procedure, wound, whatever that you want to keep them from licking or getting at. So he comes home with this massive cone of shame that... I don't know, is it just called the surgical cone? Whatever. First of all, when he first leaves the vet, and I think that this is a fancy vet, mind you, because this is a vet that my friend recommended, and I feel like my friend is fancy. And I feel like this is like an expensive vet. Like normally when I go to a vet near where I live in the less fancy areas, Like they check with you before they do anything. So like, oh, well, 
this is going to cost this much. And they give you like estimates and they give you updates on as you are racking up all of these expenses, right? Because this stuff is expensive to sometimes like get tests done or take care of your pet, whatever it is. The fancy vet, no. Because it's like those stores where they don't have the prices or you just like have to ask. It's like if you have to ask how much it is, you can't afford it. Like the fancy vet just assumes if you're here, like you have money and you're willing to spend it all trying to make your dog's life the best life ever of any dog in the history of time. So this is a fancy vet. However, they still sent my dog home with this massive cone that I think that the diameter of the cone is excessive. I don't think it has to be that big. And I also don't think it has to be that deep. I basically think it really just has to extend to the end of their face, like maybe a little bit past that if they're like tongue, they can get their tongue to wherever. But especially with dogs, like I feel like cats are very bendy. So they can do all this cat yoga and really get to them like different areas of their body easier. But like a dog cannot do that. So I feel like the cone could be smaller and just different. I just think we need reform on the cone situation for animals right now. And I'm getting a phone call, which is again, fantastic, wildly professional. I really have a bang up operation going here, but I'm going to keep going. He couldn't even, as we walked out of the vet to like step up the curb, the bottom of the thing. And he obviously he's like all out of it right after the surgery, but the bottom of the cone was like hitting the curb because he didn't understand. It just says a lot of stuff. So what I did knowing that, and I've done this in the past before with my other Like with my dog, I'm trying to think too if I also did this for Vegas because Vegas was scrappy and always had to like Vegas had to have a cone in the past too. But I don't know if it would work for cats. Basically, I got Diego a suitical, which is like a bodysuit that is meant to cover like their main body. So ideally it covers anywhere on their main body where they have a wound. So it keeps them from licking it. And I also got him a soft cone that looks like it's the color kind of of a lion. It has these two little ears sewed onto it that are not necessary, but at the same time, 1000% necessary and make it completely that much better. I did a post on this, so I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I did like kind of like a review on my thoughts on this. I think given his size and energy level, individually, those things wouldn't work. Maybe they would for like a smaller animal or a more chill one, but together they worked. And though I really looked at the Amazon reviews and stuff in terms of the appropriate size. And because I think a lot of this stuff is made for smaller animals. Again, he's only seven months, but he's like 68 pounds. And his, the soft color. I got him the largest size. I think it was like an XL or an XXL. Barely, barely fit. So if you have like a larger animal, it wouldn't work anyway, I guess, because a soft cone, they can kind of bend it a little bit more. But together, it worked. And I put links in the post to the specific ones that I got. Again, his size and details about all of my kind of like thoughts on it, which I think made a big difference in terms of just his comfort level and getting back from surgery is not super like 
hungry. He doesn't feel great. But making him a little bit more comfortable, I think, helped him kind of just feel normal faster. Yeah. So I'll put that in the show notes, runeatrepeat.com. So this morning, I was listening to the Heather McDonald podcast, which I've mentioned before. It's called Juicy Scoop. Most of the time, she talks about pop culture, reality TV. And today she had on a comedian friend, and they were talking about some, I think it was like a comedy uh, show festival. It was a comedy festival that they went to in Texas. They were kind of talking about, uh, they both performed there, but her friend, Fortune Feimster, she was supposed to get a shuttle back to the hotel for whatever reason. It it was like kind of, they had some backup. It was hard to do. So I think from what I understand, the festival organizer was like, oh, do you mind just kind of getting your own ride? So she ended up calling her own ride share, whatever. They didn't want to mention, but it's like, how many varieties are there, right? And she's kind of telling the story about how she almost died. Like, this is why they're talking about this. But they kind of go on a tangent about how, uh, like, Heather McDonald was kind of saying, like, maybe you should have just said, like, no, I don't want to. Like, what's up with the shuttle? That's part of the thing, right? Because she's there performing. She's basically working. You hired her to do this. And that was one of the things. And they started to talk about how sometimes, not everyone, but oftentimes women are kind of cool with things. And you'll just be like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Like, yeah, I'll take care of it. Yeah, no problem. And you roll with stuff. And they were making this joke, too, about just the things that we tolerate and one of them kind of said like, oh, yeah, hey, if if I just want to do some comedy, I'm just happy to be here. Like, if you want to pay me, that's cool. And it just kind of reminded me that that is sometimes what I do. And I can be hesitant sometimes to promote, run it, repeat, promote podcasts or posts or projects that I'm working on because I'm like, well, I don't want to like bug anyone. I don't want to seem like too much when I don't like if I see someone posting a ton or promoting something a ton, I'm never annoyed by it. Like, yeah, if if it's not my jam, like if it's not something that I want to read or listen to or watch or whatever, I just won't like I'm not going to get upset with this person for talking about it. And Also, this is why, too, I kind of wanted to say that it is really important. And I am definitely asking that you subscribe to the Running Repeat podcast and tell someone about it and, you know, follow me on Instagram because that is how I am able to support the show. So the more followers, listeners, downloads, all of that, like all of those stats are what get me projects to work with sponsors. And that in this like big circle way is how I'm able to post on Run It Repeat and do the podcast for free to you. Like it's not free to me, right? So yeah, it just, I was like, I am super, I super do this on a lot of different levels. Like this is just one example. I think it's kind of relevant to the podcast. So I want to say that when you tell someone about the show, And obviously not just this one, right? Because 
I assume that you're listening to different shows or reading different blog posts, following different people on social media, telling other people about it, like telling your friends. And it's like most important if it is relevant to them, right? So telling someone else that likes to run and eat or you think potentially they would like enjoy the show or following on Instagram. I super appreciate it. And I think that sometimes I like quickly mention it at the end of the show, but it is very, very important. It super means a lot to me um, because that's how I know. That's how I get the feedback. And with the podcast, I've kind of mentioned this in DMs in the past to people that if you like tag me at Renny Repeats on Instagram or in your stories, whatever it is, and say what you're doing while you're listening, or if you listen to the latest episode, that means so much to me too. And I realized that in part, it's because in the past with blogging, when we did spend more time blogging and less time on social media, there would just be like tons of comments on every post. So you knew who it was resonating with, if someone was connecting with you, like there was just a lot more feedback. And a lot of that feedback now is on Instagram, but then it's not here with the podcast. And I know it's hard. Like I don't necessarily go to the show notes of the podcast that I listen to unless it's something specific that I am like, oh, I definitely want to look that up later. Um, but for the most part, I'm I'm listening as I am running or cooking or eating or cleaning. I hesitate with the cleaning because not necessarily what I do as much as all those other things. I know it's not as easy because I'm not, I have my phone in my pocket or my fuel belt or whatever, and I am not interacting with the podcaster. So when there is that opportunity to share the show or interact on social media, I'm saying that I really appreciate it. And it's really important for me to keep the show running. Get it? Running. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the relationship stuff. And specifically, what happened with the boyfriend that I mentioned a while back. I think I had only mentioned him once or twice, too, in general. Um, And it was on the podcast. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to give him a nickname. I was randomly venting about Thanksgiving. Uh, And it was really just like a small miscommunication kind of situation that seems a little awkward now, just because in hindsight, I'm thinking with running at repeat in the past, when I first started running at repeat, it was very much life casting. So I shared a ton. It was just obviously running and eating, but it was also like random stuff from my life and stuff I'm doing with my family and my relationship and just like good days and bad days, all of that and more. And with the podcast, it has been hard for me to kind of assess like when and where to talk about this stuff. I feel like I've tried to keep the podcast more exclusively running and eating and health in general, right? Like different physical mental health stuff. But I feel like it's weird to talk about it in the warm up, like my relationship and then be like, now let's talk to a physical therapist. But maybe not. Obviously not, because I got a lot of inquiries about this. Hey, what's up with Newport? Well, spoiler alert, we're not together. And just to kind of give you a little snapshot of the entire situation, we had known each other for a while. 
we had dated and then kept in contact, but never really saw each other much. Basically, he works a lot and he also has, I feel like a lot on his social calendar in terms of he's like involved in the community and he's in like a sports team. And so those each are like a different weeknight and he works late and sometimes he works weekends. And so when we started dating, we would text during the week and then when we'd see each other and eventually after a while of this, he had kind of started to say like, well, I'm not seeing anyone else. I hope you're not seeing anyone else kind of thing. And he was hinting at wanting to turn this into something like a relationship. That's what we did. And I think it took a while, but it wasn't for anything specific. I think it's just like, just because of like really him being busy and also where I was like me just coming out of a marriage it, it was probably good that it was moving slow. And I think he just, that's how he approaches things. So it was fine. Last July, he met my family and we did a barbecue thing. Good, good, good. And I feel like it was around that time that we became exclusive, but I don't really know. I didn't write a little heart on my calendar and to note it, actually, now that I'm thinking. I don't know how I would be able to figure that out if I tried, because it's nothing notable that I remember when that happened. Anyways, in October, I met his family. We also went on a little weekend trip together. And this is when I had originally, I think, mentioned him because his dad invited me to Thanksgiving. And I was kind of saying, like, I wanted him to invite me, which is what I said, like, I tried to relay that to him, like, do you want me to go? And I feel like he was like, well, I just figured you had stuff to do. It's like, well, that doesn't answer the question randomly. But little things, like there were little miscommunication bumps in the road. It happens, right? It seemed like given the October, like family fun and weekend getaway and... Thanksgiving, I did spend with his family and it was good. It seemed like everything was going well, but I feel like there were a couple of little red flags in December. I think we weren't on the same page necessarily about me getting a dog. I think he had kind of said a couple things like he wished he could have a dog, but he realized he worked a ton and wouldn't be able to do that alone. Like he would have to get a dog with someone, but it wasn't like he was saying, Oh, you should, we should do this together. It was just like this more, a general statement, first of all, or potentially a like, well, maybe some sort of hint that I should wait to get a dog. But the decision was already made when we had this conversation. First of all, like I was already, I knew I was going to get a puppy and life is short. You guys go, go get a dog, go pet a dog today, you know, get a cat, put it in your shirt and not like steal someone's cat, like put a, go to someone's house and put their cat in your shirt and leave. I just remember I used to really love to put my cat in my shirt when he was a kid. <laughs> is this weird? Is this, no wonder this guy broke up with me. 
now I was always walking around with random stray cats in my shirt. Not really, but when I've had kittens, I just, am I the only one that does that? I don't think so. So you guys are going to have to chime in. What I'm trying to get at is in December, we had a couple of conversations about Diego naming Diego, for example, he that I, I think we were kind of not on the same page with in terms of and we're just brainstorming, right? Like, oh, I like this name. I don't like this name. I think he like disagreed with me on some of that stuff. And initially when I got Diego, it kept me from doing like a a family boating thing that he was going to do. And in my defense, it was last minute. I feel like when he told me about it and I had just gotten Diego, like it was too soon for me to really have anyone watch him because I didn't know. I didn't know Diego yet. I didn't know his schedule. I didn't know when he needed to eat or when he was going to go to the bathroom, like any of that stuff that it would be important to tell someone if I'm going to be gone the entire day. But I don't, I don't know. And really, I I don't know what else is what's going in someone's mind. But basically, it seemed like after the holidays in the new year in January, he just kind of shut down and pulled back and basically like stopped communicating with me and wasn't super responsive. To me, it seemed out of the blue, but oftentimes like someone else's experience is completely different from yours, right? So I don't know what his experience was with it. I have been, I'm like laughing because I'm like hesitating because I want to say, I think he just has like avoidant, like attachment issues or he's just like avoidant. And that's very like therapy of me. Like I've been in a lot of therapy. So I feel like I am, I try to be neutral and open-minded to how someone else is in certain situations. Cause I'm like, well, yeah, like part of the reason why you are doing this or saying this is because of your previous experiences or whatever it is. Like I try to be, give people the benefit of the doubt. So I really tried to do that and it is what it is, but it is a huge trigger for me. And if you have any familiarity with John Gottman, immediately I was like, this is stonewalling. This is a huge trigger for me. And it's super not healthy when basically he wasn't responding to me. If you are in a serious relationship, in a long-term relationship, in like married, whatever, John Gottman, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, basically is what he calls them, are these four indicators that could potentially predict their signs of divorce. And he has done a ton of research and studied couples for years and basically has said like he can predict like whether or not a couple divorces and stonewalling is one of these signs of like this huge, huge red flag of like, this is not healthy for your relationship. And it's basically kind of like shutting down on someone. And given that I have had a marriage end and really tried to like work through and process and been aware of these kind of signals and signs. Like it was just, it was not healthy for me to like be on the other side of that. And I don't think either one of us had any like shitty intentions with the other person. I just think potentially 
the timing or who we are as people didn't line up or it didn't line up at the time. And yeah, like we basically broke up. It took a lot for him to have the conversation with me. And so part of why I'm sharing this is I know it sucks to have a crappy conversation with someone, but it kind of sucks just as much to avoid it. And the best cure for anxiety is action. And I think I know with me personally, if I am stressed about something or I'm anxious about something, it's just getting worse and worse as the time goes by. But it's empowering to like take a step to even in a situation like this, right? You need to have this like hard conversation with someone potentially to make a little list of like the top three bullet points you want to say to this person or the three things you want to ask them or whatever it is. Like, I think that gives you your power back. If you say, hey, you know what? Like, this is stressing me out or I am worried about this or man, this is going to suck. I don't want to deal with this. If you kind of take action, whatever it is, if it's like making an appointment or making a call or just like making a list of the things that you need to do before this event this weekend, whatever it is, like I think taking action on it and communicating really helps both sides or however, whoever you are dealing with and interacting with. And it relieves some pressure like for everyone, if you just know where the other person is. So yeah, that's basically what happened. And we, I I feel like it was like friendly. There wasn't like a fight. It just, I think that potentially the end could have been handled differently. But I, I mean, I'm imperfect. I avoid a lot of things like I'm not great, but I just wanted to share that to give you an update for everyone that has been following along and also to kind of acknowledge that, yeah, sometimes it sucks to have bad conversations, but it's also very empowering and liberating for you and whoever you are talking with to just have that conversation versus just kind of avoiding it. And yeah, that's what it is. So that's all. That wasn't that wasn't very sexy or exciting. Sorry to disappoint. Maybe I should have made something up that was a little more colorful, but not really. I feel like the colorful stuff I need to either save for some sort of private podcast or show situation, maybe my book or just convince myself didn't happen so they don't accidentally slip out when I'm drinking one day. Hello, life hack. Okay, let's move on. I have been thinking about this topic of social media and self-care for a while. And I kind of want to, as a side note, say that I'm not in love with the phrase self-care because it is such an umbrella statement and it can mean anything from getting a massage to ending a toxic relationship, right? It's just this huge idea now of self-care, taking care of yourself. And it almost then seems like 
frivolous or I don't know. Like I just, I'm not in love with it because I think sometimes self-care is self-preservation, which is this wildly important other level, right? Of like being mindful and taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, like on every level, just making sure that you were in a good place and that you were setting yourself up to be happy and healthy. And I want to address how and why to unfollow someone, especially if it is impacting you in a negative way. And I feel like not everyone has an issue with this, which I get for sure. But I also want to remind you to pay attention to what you pay attention to. So if you have zero issues with comparing yourself or just anything as you're scrolling through social media, there's no triggers. You are completely neutral and unaffected. God bless. It's awesome. But I also want to say that you should pay attention to what you pay attention to in who are you following? Are those the kind of people you want to be like? Are the messages that you are getting positive and empowering and inspiring and uplifting? And it doesn't have to be completely, you know, serve this purpose. They don't, you don't have to be on social media for the purpose of being inspired or learning something or, you know, really getting anything out of it outside of entertainment and and fun. I I mean like I love to follow funny accounts. It's my favorite thing. I also love to follow like cute dog videos. That's that might be also like a tie for my favorite thing. It's all it's a okay. But if you are potentially following any accounts that are disrespectful or like potentially I don't know, like inflammatory or negative or just make very offensive jokes or statements or potentially like their priorities are different from what you want your priorities to be. I would say just to, you know, check it out, be curious, be a curious, neutral observer of what you have in your feed. And I want to talk about how, when, why to unfollow someone, because I still have been seeing a ton of those kind of side-by-side comparisons, right? Like real life versus Instagram, or this kind of unfiltered statement that someone is comparing one aspect of their life to another, or reminding us that Instagram is curated, reminding us that you don't want to compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 17. Comparison is the thief of joy. I think it's important to remember that for sure. I think if that is a struggle to remember, and sometimes even when it's not, right? If you feel like you are aware of that, because I feel like I'm super aware of that. Sometimes in your scroll as you are going about your day, if you are scrolling while multitasking, it's hard to sometimes keep that completely in mind in the moment when you are seeing 
whatever you are seeing online. So I want to remind you of that. And also, if you need to unfollow someone for your own well-being, for your own self-esteem or mental health or whatever it is, I feel like I want to empower you to do that, even if it is me, because I don't think anyone, I hope not, I don't really know, I don't know everyone on Instagram personally, but I have no intention ever to make anyone feel bad about themselves. I never want anyone to compare themselves to me. And I think from my point of view, who would compare themselves to me? Like, I'm a redheaded Mexican from Pico Rivera. I was a chubby kid. Now I'm a marathon runner. I am wildly loud. I mean, I just like none of this stuff. Like who else is this redhead from this Mexican family that does random videos and puts memes online? Like this is very specific to me, who I am and my journey and what works for me doesn't seem like it would work for most other people. And so I would like to think that you are potentially inspired or learn something or just are my friend, whatever it is, like you follow me because of that and you never follow me and also feel bad about yourself, you know? But given these messages of the reminders that we are comparing ourselves and we need to be reminded not to, I understand that it happens. And if and when you find yourself feeling bad because of things you're seeing online, I would encourage you to check in and potentially unfollow and be super mindful of who you are, what your triggers are, when you are most vulnerable. There are a lot of things that you can factor in, right? To be mindful of this. And I think it doesn't have to be a negative thing. And this is very important to remember if you are in need of a little social media self-care check-in that you can unfollow someone in love. And I want to kind of go through, I made like a couple of points. I actually was thinking about this randomly on a run and I stopped and I was like, no, I need to tell them this. Like, I want to make sure that people know this because I would hate to think that someone feels like shit because of me. And if I ever feel like shit because of someone else, and it has happened. And mind you, I think that I am fairly well adjusted like and self-aware, but I have had to do this. I have had to evaluate like who I am following online. And for whatever reason, if there is something about this person, what they're posting, what they're doing that makes me feel bad. And it's not about them. You know, like if I feel bad about something about this like stranger on the internet, it's not about them. It's about me. And I don't have to have any negative feelings towards them or towards me or towards myself. I can just be self-aware, learn from it and do what I need to do to maintain like a positive, happy place in my little world. So I want to go through this. 
So here are three tips, three things to keep in mind as you are kind of evaluating your social media. The first is to be self-aware. Know your own triggers. Know if you are having a bad day or a bad time that week. Avoid social media if you are ever in a place that it's just probably not going to be a positive thing. If you are feeling bad about yourself, if you are having serious FOMO and checking out your friends' feeds and updates where there's something that they are doing somewhere that they went that you were unable to go for whatever reason. And instead of living vicariously and like getting updated and having fun with it, for whatever reason, it's just going to make you feel bad or sad. Don't look up anyone online, anyone's account that is going to make you feel bad, sad, mad. Don't do it. Don't do it. What's the freaking point? Look up things that are going to make you feel happy and empowered or laugh or smile, whatever it is. And this could be anything from some opposing political party to an ex to, I don't know, something else that is like a negative trigger for you. And be self-aware in that, since I mentioned the politics thing, that I think a lot of times when we are told about social media having this negative impact, it's so often goes back to either like how someone looks or how much money they have or, you know, their kind of like happy, perfect little life, relationship, kids, location, vacation, whatever it is. And those might not be things for you. The Instagram versus reality, oftentimes it's like, Uh, someone's, at least in my feed, I think what kind of comes across based on the people that I follow, right? It's like this healthy living, fitness, beauty, running, those types of people. It's like someone sitting up straight and sucking it in versus like real life, like a less attractive picture. Maybe that's not a thing for you, right? Like the body image stuff you are all set with, but there's something else that you think might be a trigger, make you feel bad where someone is going on vacation or, you know, them with their kids when you're having a hard time starting a family, anything, whatever it is, be self-aware and know what feeds your soul and makes you feel good and makes you a better person and makes you happier, makes you more empowered to bless the lives of the people around you versus looking at things that don't make you feel great. And again, I don't really think anyone out there posting anything wants to make anyone feel bad. Even if they are like posting like, look how wonderful my life is. Like they, they're they not thinking like, I hope you all feel like shit about it. And maybe I'm like assuming this because I, I really don't think this, right? So I don't think that someone that you are following, if you feel bad about any sort of aspect of what you have going on, keep that in mind. And like I said, it doesn't have to be specific to, you know, what, like how someone, like what someone weighs, how their body looks, and you're just comparing that. And I think oftentimes that's the example that we're given, but it's so much more than that. So be self-aware of your triggers, the things that you compare about yourself, and also the timing. 
because sometimes it's just like, you know, you're just having a bad day or something happened. You had a really shitty race and then you're scrolling through your feed and everyone's posting about their PRs and awesome workouts. Like, yeah, maybe now's not the time. So having that boundary and being self-aware for yourself, I think is really important. Next, unfollow, but unfollow with love. Unfollow anyone or any account that makes you feel bad, is a trigger for you, isn't the message that you want to be told repeatedly, unfollow. But it doesn't have to be a negative thing. Unfollow with love. Realize that there was a reason you started following this person and maybe as a person in a different situation in real life, whatever it is, you would love to hang out with them or talk to them. You're, you can still be a fan and acknowledge that as much as I'm a fan and I love you and I'm super happy that you are the world's fastest runner, it makes me feel bad because I am injured right now or I just tanked in my race at, that I wanted to get a PR at. Whatever it is, like you can send this person love in the universe, like send out love, send a little prayer to them and unfollow because you don't need to torture yourself so that someone can have one more follower. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And you are not serving yourself at all. You know, again, pay attention to what you pay attention to, take care of yourself. And if there is someone that even sometimes someone in real life, maybe hide their updates or mute them, whatever it is, if you feel like that would be a better option, but you can do this in a positive way. And you could just realize that for whatever reason, this makes me feel bad. Something that you have reminds me that I don't have that and it makes me sad. And so like, I bless you and love you. And obviously you don't need to DM this person and feel this. You can just like say it out loud at your house or say it in your heart, whatever it is, or you don't have to say anything. But if you need permission or something empowering for you to be able to unfollow, especially if like you're just someone that feels like you would feel guilty about it or you don't want to or whatever it is, like I would say to keep that in mind and do it in a positive way. You can be thankful and grateful for following them for the stuff that you've seen up until this point and potentially follow them again when it's uh, down the road a bit. Uh, it's just like, and it's so harmless and when you think about it kind of like the running example that I just gave of someone just rocked the heck out of their race, they just ran their first marathon and BQ'd and did it super fast. And maybe you were training for your 10th marathon and you got injured or you did a BQ, you got a DNF or something else happened. Like, there's no offense to that. You know, it's not personal, but it's also like, whoa, that kind of stings. And I'm not at a place yet where it doesn't sting. So I'm just going to kind of step away from this, right? Because you are, when you are going online, you are participating in, 
and I'm like doing quotes, like conversations with people. And if they're going to talk about things that you just can't really address or talk about or think about in a healthy way right now, unfollow them for right now. And you can always come back, follow them again when you are at a better place to do that. And finally, number three, this is kind of the opposite end of the last one. I encourage you to pack your feed to follow people that make you happy and feel good and feel inspired and motivated, or maybe just make you laugh. Whatever you use social media for, you don't have to learn something or you don't have to follow someone of a certain genre because that's your hobby, whatever it is. Like, Just keep that in mind that pay attention to what you pay attention to and are the people that you are following people that make you feel good and inspired and motivated and the kind of people that you want to be more like, you know, because I think you can be inspired and motivated by someone without comparing yourself and consider following people that are in a similar situation as you potentially too. You want to keep some perspective on it especially when you are trying to learn and grow. And I'm kind of with this specifically thinking about sometimes entrepreneurial stuff, right? So if you're starting a business, but you are following Gary Vee, maybe you should also follow some people that are at the same stage as you in their business. Because it's awesome to get inspired and learn and get motivated. And I am all the heck for it. But to keep some perspective that you are not like just this tiny little like low man on the totem pole, that this is where other people are in a similar situation. And to do that without comparing yourself, I think is good to have that variety, to follow people that have similar situations and goals as you. And the same thing with running. If you have been running for 10 weeks, maybe 10 months even. And I've been running for 10 years. And everyone you follow has been running for 10 years or more. And they've done dozens of marathons and half marathons. And they're, you know, they have all this experience and potentially all of these resources and all of this information. And that's all you're following. And you're not following someone that is training for their first 10K if that's where you are, or whatever your similar situation is, it's good to keep it in perspective. It's good to also get inspired by someone that has more of a similar situation, similar resources, similar age, body type, marital, parental status, whatever it is. Like Those things do impact some of our goals sometimes, right? In terms of like resources and abilities and progress, all of that, it's relevant and it can be a positive thing. So I would say to consider following people that are going to inspire and empower you and kind of checking in to make sure that the people that you are getting this inspiration from do serve you and, you know, that are relevant and relatable and all of that as well. And all of this, once again, can be done in a very happy, positive, loving way. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. And to remember, too, that 
you are trying to take care of yourself and love yourself and do the best thing for you as you are kind of checking in with your social media habits. And it's not frivolous. It is really important given how much we are spending time on social media. So I will put the the bullet points of this in the show notes so you can check them out if you want to kind of be reminded of them as you scroll through your IGs later. So that's all for today. Before you unfollow me, please tag me on Instagram at runny repeat and let me know what you're doing right now while you're listening. Subscribe to the show and maybe tell someone about the podcast, tell them how to listen to podcasts. I super appreciate it. Have a great run. Thank you for listening. For show notes, recipes, discounts, and more, go to www.runeatrepeat.com. You can also connect with Monica on Instagram by following at Run Eat Repeat and on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash run eat repeat. Be sure to subscribe to the show and please rate and review in your podcast app.